You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Shouldn't you be at work? Into the area, one shot, shirts and scores. Looks like Craig Hignett might fancy a strike. Straight at the wall, though. And Chris Bart Williams is in. Robin's coming near post now. Can he pick out Jeremy Goss? Oh, that's a fantastic goal! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh he has to. No! Hello and welcome back to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? I am Chris Skoll. And joining me, Mr. Josh Widdigan. Hello. And some say that he just asked us to have a massage by Eileen Drury. It's Mr. Michael Mard. Hello. Is um, that what she did, massages? No. It was. No, she, she cleaned people's chakras, didn't she? Auras. Like, I think it was that auras. Auras. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd love this. I don't think anyone's ever said this, but Ray Parler said something rather funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yes. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed these specials. This is now the fifth one. Thank you for all your correspondence. Here's some more of it. You've got mail. This is from uh, James Benson. Topic we've never covered. Topic we've never covered. Do you remember when Faustino Aspria almost signed for Darlington? What? Do you remember this? Yes, I do. So James Benson, I think he's a Darlington fan. So um, he's uh, emailed us and he's put, um, this is the story of Darlington FC's uh, failed attempt to sign the somersaulting Bar Sebastian title-ruining Faustino Aspria. As background, Darlington, who'd been in Division 3 for the past 10 years, were bought in 1999 by George Reynolds, a man who'd made his money twice through safe-cracking and been sent to jail twice before entering the sighting business of kitchen worktops. This feels like a great topic to cover, right? Um, to sum up Reynolds, he was basically the kind of chairman who thinks a club with an average attendance of 4,000 needs a new 25,000, £20 million home and decides to call it the Reynolds Arena. Meanwhile, after his time at Newcastle, Aspria, still only 32, had been through four clubs in four years, was sent home in disgrace from France 98, I don't remember that happening, and left his wife for a porn star. After an attempt to sign Paul Gascoigne had failed, Reynolds thought Aspria was the perfect man to get bums on seats in the new stadium, offered him 17 grand a week plus 20% of gate receipts, a free car and a rent-free flat. Aspria seemed keen and flew to the northeast for his medical, where Reynolds was interviewed with him on Sky Sports, paraded in front of fans during a game, and an introductory radio interview was organised. This is where it turned sour, as Aspria failed to turn up for two medicals, and without contacting the club, got a a 5am flight to the Middle East and never returned. (laughs) This is the detail I like. And embarrassed Reynolds, for some reason, 
then proceeded with the radio interview and pretended to interview Aspria in Spanish. What? Without knowing a word of the language. This consisted of Reynolds asking questions, speaking made-up words in a Spanish accent and then translating them. What? <laughs> so then they interviewed George Reynolds on the radio who claimed he was with Faustino Aspria. Yeah. And he was pretending he was having a conversation in Spanish with Faustino Aspria and then relating back to the radio what Faustino Aspria said. It's remarkable! So then you could hear George Reynolds' <laughs> Spanish, but like kind of but he like, a, speak like an off-mic fake yeah. Spanish. Yep. Amazing, isn't it? By way of explanation, Reynolds is quoted as saying, I couldn't let the radio lad down, so I thought I would do it instead. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe he's a good guy at heart. Ult- well, ultimately, the story has a sad ending. Reynolds, after running the club into administration, was arrested with 500 grand in his car boot and sent to jail. <laughs> Maybe not. For a third time, for tax evasion and money laundering. He now runs an e-cigarette shop in Chesterler Street. Spreer, meanwhile, launched his own condom range in 2014 and turned down the chance to be a porn star in his own right. One quick more. This oh, is yeah. We haven't done one this, uh, this series of specials. Can we have the theme tune to Do I Remember This Right? 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 Right. This is going back to 97 or 98. I'm about 10 years old and at my grand's house and we're watching Sooty and Sweep. There was an episode based loosely around football and the gang end up meeting Blackburn and Scotland winger Kevin Gallagher. Fair enough. It's the 90s. What I remember though, and I'm not sure I remember this right, is that a really big thing was made of the fact that Sue really, really fancied Kevin Gallagher. (laughs) She was a bit of a minx, Sue. And I remember that she swooned for him. Surely this is so specific I haven't made it up. Do I remember this right? Jamie Rowe. Did that happen? I've got no memory of that, obviously. I seem to remember her, like, falling backwards and stuff and swooning. I don't know. (laughs) But I've got no memory of Kevin Gallagher episode, but... If there's one group of people that is going to remember that, it's our listeners. So uh, this is how you get in touch. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Now it's 3-1 to Chris Skull in our new game, Do I Like That? Do I like that? I give a football player or football personality and a topic and uh, Michael and Chris are forced to tell me what they think the football would choose. Skull so far thinking more like a 90s footballer than Michael. (laughs) Chris, there's three left. One, two or three? Three. You're going around for a cup of tea at Andy Townsend's. Andy... He's drinking from his favourite mug. What is on that mug? Can I ask for a clarification? Yeah. Andy Townsend, was he actually born in Ireland? <laughs> or am I thinking of Tony Cascarino? Uh, or- I know Tony Cascarino wasn't. I know Andy Townsend doesn't sound like he was, certainly. I, I don't know. Can I, can, I, can I fact check? Andy Townsend was born in Maidstone. Right. Okay, this is great, because this supports my answer. So the thing is... Andy Townsend, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder about the fact he's so associated with Ireland, yet isn't actually Irish, born in Maidstone yeah. in England. So his favourite mug 
has to be green mug two sides of it one side the irish flag on the other side jack charlton usa 94 with a pen in his pocket holding a bag of those plastic bags of water with his white cap wow and where's that is it andy got this made special uh, andy uh, no, it's, he a, it's a special edition he's, he's just bought in ireland he, he's seen it out and about and yeah. thought i need something to really establish my irish credentials in my own home while having a hot drink that and so that answer. is what he's gone for michael see i don't think he has that chip on his shoulder about playing for Ireland I think Townsend notoriously he's a leader he's his own man he doesn't care what anybody else thinks but what he is is I think he's he's careful with money he's not a man who goes out and buys a new mug he's not a man who spends his hard earned dollar on sweet new ceramic I think Andy Townsend is the kind of guy that gets a novelty easter egg for Easter oh yeah but it comes with a mug so I think Andy Townsend you go around there he is drinking out of a Cadbury's cream egg shaped <laughs> novelty Easter mug. I think we can all see that Michael's back in the game. It's wow, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interesting little side note when I googled Andy Townsend, then I put in Andy T.O. Top hit was Andy Townsend, the second was Andy Toy Story. <laughs> Andy Townsend is more famous than Andy from Toy Story. I'll leave that with you, listener. 3 2, Andy Townsend. If anyone has seen Andy Townsend drinking from a mug, we'd love to know about it. Or if you have your own, do I like that? Then send them in. Now, on to today's topic, which is our pitch for a special one off, non 90s, quickly Kevin show. We have decided for something different, we will be doing a one off, non 90s episode where we cover a topic that we feel you know has the same spirit as quickly kevin but isn't based within the 90s to put it to you we're going to give you all the three episodes that we would like to do and then you the public can vote on what you'd like to hear us talk about chris would you like to start us off with your pitch i would like to my pitch is for quite simply the most mad managerial interaction on youtube which is non-90s i refer of course to Clough versus Revy. Oh, on Austin Mitchell's... Austin, uh, the damned... So the backstory is um, Don Revy, he takes England job, he leaves his famous but arguably dirty Leeds team behind. In comes arch-rival Brian Clough, who lasts how many days is it? Is it 38? 44. 44 days. And then for some bizarre reason, the two of them go head-to-head on television in a sit-down interview. There's only and one it guest. It's insane, as well, Matt Ford. And uh, yeah, and my pitch includes Matt Ford coming on to discuss this, and break it down minute by minute. I think the whole interview is 23 minutes, but it has some amazing bits. Just going to pull out some of my favourite bits. Brian Clough arguing with Don Revy, and when Don Revy concedes his point, <laughs> Brian Clough will always go, "Good lad." <laughs> <laughs> so patronising. It's so. It's so. But like you know, Mourinho has like the the tap on the back of the head to the other manager, and he's beating him. Brian Clough's got good lad, and then um, the bit where Don Revy goes, "We topped all the charts," and Clough goes, "Yeah, all the disciplinary charts." Oh, <laughs> it is. Um, I I've never watched it before. It's I would so love, good. I would love to do it. And I would love to cover it. Yes. One more quote, Revy. We only lost four matches. Clough, well, I only wanted to lose three. It's a remarkable, it's a remarkable tale. It is the real life equivalent of that scene in Heat with uh, De Niro and Pacino across the coffee table. Incredible. I heard that Clough didn't know that Revy was on the show. Oh, really? So he was surprised 
by the fact that Revy was on the show when he showed up. Yeah, the, and I, that is mad. Ford Imagine is, doing that yeah, now. Yeah, that yeah. is true. Fordy's got the full breakdown. On that. You know where you know where you have like you have like a player. They'll get quite a good booking on like Monday Night Football, and it'll be like the recently sacked Sam Allardyce or something. Yeah, and you think the amount of hoops and agents and agreement and stuff that has led to them getting that exclusive interview with Sam Allardyce, yeah. where they. Where he'll talk about the game and then in exchange he'll do seven minutes on the fact he shouldn't have gone for that meeting as England manager or whatever. Yeah. And how controlled that is. And this just shows there was like no media control. Yeah, what would be the modern equivalent of Clough v Revy? Well, there isn't um, because Clough was so anti-Leeds. The fact that he got the Leeds job is just insane. It just wouldn't happen on any level. It would be... I'd be Mourinho and Guardiola in some way, wouldn't it? Yeah, but then... Only they haven't if, got the same job. If Mourinho obviously. had gone to Man City after yeah, yeah, yeah. Guardiola had taken the England job, like the mechanics of it are crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would love to watch that. However, I would also love that we've 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 watched some bleak documentaries, we've watched some inspiring documentaries, we've watched some gritty documentaries. None compared to a documentary called Home and Away. Are you aware of Home and Away? I'm not. It follows Liverpool and Everton's fans and players on the day of the 1984 Milk Cup final. So this was, uh, Liverpool played Everton at Wembley three times maybe in the 80s, and 86 and 89 in the FA Cup finals. This is the first time they played each other. If it was if it was a fiction, you would say that's the most offensive thing I've ever seen because it's so stereotyped. But it is mad. There's footage of some of the Liverpool fans on the way down. One of them gets out an acoustic guitar and they play She Loves You. <laughs> There's amazing footage of them getting off the um, coach at a service station having a kickabout with an empty can. And then there's an amazing bit. You see the Liverpool fans, or they might be the Everton fans, I can't, can't remember off the top of my head, um, go on a night out in London's Leicester Square and they can't believe the prices. <laughs> and then it cuts back to the wives at home who go out on a night out on Liverpool because the men are away. It's one of the maddest documentaries you've ever seen. And they've got all the dressing room. They follow like Graham Souness and stuff. And it's absolutely brilliant. And there's also this kind of undercurrent of Liverpool as a city is being destroyed by the London-based government at the time. And there's this kind of poignant bit where a guy's interviewed and he's like, if we can show Mrs Thatcher that we put on a good show and we're well-behaved at Wembley, maybe, you know she'll give us a break and she'll treat the city better and you're like oh, God. not going to happen mate <laughs> it's, it's absolutely amazing it's a total I don't know why it's not a more famous documentary because it's if it doesn't win fair enough but do go and watch it anyway we should talk about your dream booking as a guest to discuss that like, maybe a scouse comedian um in, in, or in, uh, Carol Thatcher <laughs> I was going to suggest Jimmy Tarbuck but that'll do <laughs> I was going to try and make a joke about Margaret Thatcher turning up and stealing the milk cup. Oh yeah, of course, of course. I couldn't make it work. How, how I wonder whether that does come up in the documentary. Also, the clothes and the outfits, it's absolutely perfect. We should probably just do all these anyway. <laughs> yeah. The poll is arbitrary, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, so for my uh, non-90s thing I'd like us to look at, uh, and this is twofold. One, because I think it's a fascinating subject that feeds into the birth of 90s football and that's Italian 90 but also we'd never really looked at a tournament 
in any real detail. Yeah. I've never dug deep into a tournament and sort of picked away at that and the circumstances surrounding it, the results, what happened to those players and managers. And for me, I'd love us to look at Euro 88. Oh. I'd like us to look at Bobby Robson, the England team, what it was then, what it become in the build-up to 90. The they lost all three games, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, the press were completely against him in the run-up to Italia 90 and how that might have changed. Um, Van Basten's goal, obviously. Oh, yeah. I'd say the one... The USSR got to the, the final. The USSR, like kits that holland kit i think is absolute hall of famer you know those players that were sort of arguably the last generation of the pre big money players those ones that crossed over your beers lazy linickers i think there's a lot of interesting deep digging i enjoy that i thoroughly enjoy all of this we just start an 80s podcast Um, (laughs) what'd you call it what would i call it um and uh like um, Thomas. it's up for grabs now yeah. oh of course yeah, of it's course. up for grabs now done right we're copywriting that no one else did it <laughs> um, there are three pitches they're all very strong it's a very tough pick which one it's going to be so um, I look forward to seeing the result uh, but now Chris is 3-1 up in the quiz can the comeback continue okay so you all know how it works now end of each episode we play a 90s football based quiz Chris and Josh play against each other for the chance to pick which song plays out the end of the show now for my birthday I got a uh, match of the day football quiz book earlier this week we played on the uh, 99-2000 season this time we're going to play a quiz sudden death question each first one to answer incorrectly is eliminated and the subject is World Cup 1998 France 98 okay. World Cup Great. Chris you're first this time here is your question Scotland lost 2-1 to Brazil in the opening match of the tournament who scored their goal uh, that's an awful start tough that uh, I think it was John Collins you think correctly Whoa, <laughs> what an answer what brilliant skulls skulls the deep recesses do you know the reaction there that whole bit was like a, was, that felt like a bit from question of sport <laughs> <laughs> like the proper reaction to the quite boring question yeah and then the like um, someone going oh that's a tough one and then oh it, you could have put that on question of sport. Do you know what? I don't know if everyone it like. I feel like I remember the initial games of World Cups. Yeah, so much, much more better than, than yeah. the end. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, your question. What was the most northerly host city of France '98 and the one closest to the UK? Is that the same place? It is the same place. Yeah, it's like an extra clue at the end. <sighs> I just don't know. Sort I don't know enough about French. I know. A few that it isn't. I know it's not Marseille or I mean, this Bordeaux. Is, this is a geography question more than it is a football yeah. question. Lons? The correct answer was Lons. No! Really? Oh, yeah. Whoa! No way, that's not very northerly at all, is it? I don't write the questions, man. <laughs> okay, Chris, your question. Who finished as the tournament's top scorer with six goals? Uh, um, that's one or two, isn't it? Well, I don't know who the two are. Have we... Uh, it's not Stefan Guivosh. <laughs> is this correct? If I, it's not getting friends to Josh, is it? So I can think aloud. You can yeah. think aloud, yeah. Is it, is it Zamorano or Suka? Oh, does Zamorano get a hat-trick at some point? I'm going to go with Zamorano. Josh, did you know the answer to this? Yeah, I think it was Suka. The correct answer was Davos Suka. Oh, God! So to bring it back to 3-2... Which two referees from the UK 
officiated at France 98? Uh, Hugh Dallas was one. The Scott Correct. Reference. Oh, come on. I've got no idea on the Grand Paul? The correct answer was Paul Durkin. Oh, of course. So back in the game, Skull. In the group stages, France only conceded one goal. Which Great Dane scored the goal? Oh, the- um, that Michael Laudrup. Correct. Oh, oh, was it Michael? It was Michael, yeah. Not Brian. No, Michael Laudrup. M. Laudrup. Okay, Josh, over to you. What was the result of the highly sensitive Group F fixture between Iran and the USA? Uh, Iran won. <laughs> it's either 1-0, 2-0 or 2-1. Well, are you going to pick one? 2-1. Correct. Oh! No way! No way! Oh, man. Okay, back to you, Chris. This is a war of attrition. <laughs> the flukes that have got us through this. <laughs> The war of attrition for the And listeners. the one thing I knew, Hugh Dallas, didn't learn me anything. Okay, Chris. England lost 2-1 and finished second in the group stages. To whom? Oh, come on. Oh, man. I can't see past Tunisia. Um, Romania. Correct. Oh. Okay, Josh. Paul Ince and David Batty missed, but which three Englishmen scored in the last 16 penalty shootout versus Argentina? Shearer and Sheringham. Incorrect. Ah! (laughs) The correct answer was Shearer, Merson and Owen. I would never have got that. I feel like I won that on VAR. Yeah, congrats though. (laughs) What song are you going to go for? Well, seeing as Josh discussed the documentary Home and Away, I've got to go with the theme to Home and Away. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.